Hello and welcome to The Bulletin and Beyond. My name's Kimberly Price and I'm here with our sports journalist, Sean Hardiman, and we're going to talk through the week's headlines. Yes, yeah, so Kim, starting off with some wild weather throughout the weekend. Yeah. I was at the footy, I know there was a, a bit of rain about, but there was storms across the coast from Warrnambool to Port Ferry. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah, so there was heaps of wind and rain, as we all know, that lashed the coastline uh, over the weekend. Um, if we start with Port Ferry, there was huge swells, which actually left a Ballarat family who were visiting Port Ferry uh, stranded on Griffith Island. So this is a terrifying thing, if you can imagine it happening, um, being stranded on Griffith Island with huge waves cra- crashing over you. But it did lead to the island being closed up for the week and the uh, well, the repairs that were going to take place on the island have been moved forward um, as obviously the wild weather did a lot of damage. So the Ballarat family was fine, uh, but it just goes to show how big uh, these swells got. Yeah, especially around Port Ferry, the passage and stuff like that, they get that, those large swells and, and that courseway is a little bit yeah. dangerous going across it the best of times but during a storm is uh, even worse yeah definitely and even in Warrnambool we saw our iconic breakwater uh, be absolutely bashed by the wind as well the big rocks uh, that surround it were even on top of it so there was you know really some fantastic images that came up but sort of mind-boggling to think how these massive boulders got there Um, but it has led to a bigger question of you know, the repairs of the breakwater. Um, it's been four years since the City Council has been lobbying for $7 million to upgrade uh, the breakwater. And, uh, you know, that's they've been lobbying the state government and, you know, that's come into question again is where is this money? So uh, it, we'll have to see what happens, whether um, there is more money for these repairs. But, yeah, definitely this wild weather sort of turned it on for us over the past weekend. Yeah, it seems like this has been in the, the works for, for some time now, but... Um, also in Brighton is for, mm-hmm. for Waterloo Field. The May Racing Carnival is coming back and there's yeah. crowds coming back to um, racing as well. And it, it seems to be a busy time of year once again. Yeah, definitely. So we obviously had the May Racing Carnival last year, but with the coronavirus pandemic, there were no crowds. It was just the races. But this year, as the restrictions have eased, we can welcome back crowds. So this week week of um, of horse racing events really does bring you know, thousands of people to the region. Um, It was a bit unsure whether that would happen again, given that, you know, some people are a bit scared to travel um, given the pandemic. But uh, all accommodation providers that we spoke to are reporting that, you know, they're already almost fully booked. So that's really promising that we're going to have a lot of people come back to the region. Um, One place, the Warrnambool Best Western Old Maritime Motel, uh, they said that they were 85% booked uh, already for the week so yeah it's pretty amazing um, they've got a lot of regulars who are returning um, they've been coming for 18 years so obviously the tradition is still there for a lot of people and in breaking news on Friday um, two Port Ferry surfers were hospitalized after mm-hmm. surfing at the passage um, could you tell me uh, what's the case of that yeah so surfers Tim Dryden and Mark Archbold were both in the water on Good Friday um, and they were there for about uh, at different stages about an hour apart on the day and they both swam in this brown sludge like substance that was in the water. Two days later they both ended up in hospital in rooms next to each other and they were suffering from what doctors believed was a huge hit of bacteria. So 
it's a bit mysterious what mm. happened. We don't entirely know. There, there's a lot of testing underway now by the Department of Environment, Land, Water and Planning to see what this brown sludge uh, was. But the surfers, you know, um, are quite shocked. One is sort of still coming to terms with what happened to him, he said, and the other, um, yeah, again, is also... Um, bewildered by this sort of bout of sickness. Uh, we do know that the passage is near to Wannan Waters o Ocean Sewerage Outfall. It's not clear whether they're linked. Um, but yeah, it is It is a mystery really. We have to sort of wait and hold our breath to see what, uh, what comes of this story. But Sean, you're obviously a surfer. Uh, what do you make of this? Have you been to the passage? I haven't been to the passage in, in some months and um, I might be deterred for a little bit longer yeah. knowing that these uh, these two surfers have managed mm. to end up in hospital, they've been sick. Uh, one of them's had um, emergency surgery. Yeah. If, and if he didn't have that surgery, he could have died. So um, it's really scary stuff. And as a surfer, you want to go into the water feeling somewhat mm. um, safe. And if you're going in there and you're, you're going to end up in hospital, it's not something Yeah. It, this is an escape for, for us. We like to get into the water. We like to um, sort of express ourselves in the waves, but not, not in this not, little yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, and both surfers, you know, said they were both very active beforehand and, um, you know, one of them could barely move sort of afterwards. So yeah, it's, it is it's it's quite scary. scary. Yeah. yeah. Just just reading the story, um, extraordinary mm. um, what's sort of happened to them and hopefully they're on the mend soon and they can get back out and get, get back, back to surfing and, and also getting back to work. Yeah, as well, which is a, another thing that you don't expect to happen from going from the, for a super surf on, on an Easter weekend. Exactly, exactly. And if we go to sport now, Sean, um, so three Southwest sprinters have won medals at the national championships in their individual events. Can you tell me about these achievements? Uh, yeah, so the Australian track and field championships were taking place in Sydney mm -hmm. over this week, and um, the Southwest had um, three medals, which is quite extraordinary and um, a, a good achievement for the region. Uh, Regis Athletics and um, Grace Kelly took away a silver medal in the 100 metres on uh, on Monday night, mm -hmm. which is a massive achievement for her in the bottom age under 16. So yeah. um, she's pushing the boundaries in, in the sprinting world. And then um, Emily Morden coming off the back of um, two 1500 metre runs, she made the final in her first um, appearance at the national championships and um, ended up finishing just outside the medals in, in that one and then backed it up the next day in the 3,000 metre steeplechase wow. to, to get a bronze medal, which is extraordinary for her. It's, um, she's been training with Phil Molesworth, who was originally the coach of Kathy Freeman mm. back in the day when she was um, dominating the athletics world. So um, Emily's come on in leaps and bounds, and it's good to see her shining at the national level and um, getting some medals. And then Caitlin Sharp last night uh, won her T20 um, long jump, which is a, a oh, fantastic wow. achievement by her. So that's another national championship for her and she's mm. going to continue um, upwards and onwards Great. In, in that sport as well. That's um, exciting for the athletics world it in is. the southwest for sure. Um, and turning to umpiring actually in the footy world, so the Warrnambool and District Umpires Association said they're in desperate need of new members. So what's this story really all about? Yeah, so I broke that on Friday. It's mm -hmm. um, looking very, very serious with the, the Warrnambool um, umpires. They're they need about 15 to 20 to be able to fill all of the senior games across the Hampton and Warrnambool District, yeah, right. which is the top level. That's where you want all your umpires and you want mm. them officiating it. And there's also games across uh, this weekend that had um, eight, well, there's eight games that didn't have umpires, but they were officiated by club umpires. Right. And then another um, 
six of those had um, a mix of um, Warnable umpires and club affiliate umpires. And yeah. it's not ideal, but it's the situation that they find themselves in. They're, they're really desperate to um, get some members and um, they want to break down the stereotypes of what people have around umpires. Like that they, they are like a footy club. They mm. have their functions. They have their trainings. They have their social events. So they're, they're basically a team. Mm. They might not look like they're footy team but they are and yeah they're, they're really desperate for people to come up and, and join them and um it's not that daunting being an umpire no so i reckon everyone should give it a go and, yeah. and jump on board because we need them yeah and you have to be fit they cover a lot of k- a yes. k's each match so but not for the faint-hearted that is, that is a big part of their training so um they, they teach you the rules they they, they yeah train you up fitness wise to be able to run out games and stuff like that and it's a very inclusive environment and, yeah and they're really really desperate so yeah right. um, if you're interested in umpiring get down there and you, you get you get paid to do it so what um, more could you, want? you get paid to <laughs> stay fit what more can you ask for yeah exactly and finally aaron purcell called on racing victoria to raise the may racing prize money uh so what's he suggesting the top reward should be uh, it's not so much the the top reward it's okay it's um based on the the lower grades of maidens and the restricted races he He's choosing to go elsewhere for those sorts of races because right. you're getting the same sort of prize money and he has a better chance of winning. So he recommended raising it to $50,000 on, on those maidens and mm-hmm. restricted races to be able to, to draw the best horses in yep, okay. for that more prize money. So it's the, the top country meeting in Victoria and, and across the country. It, mm-hmm. it, it's proven that over many, many years. And I think it, um, Purcell's right in saying that there should be more prize money on offer for the trainers who commit to this um, amazing carnival. So it'd be interesting to see if uh, Racing Victoria jump on board and and put some more money because it's one of the best carnivals going around. Yeah, definitely. We um, always want to see the best at the May Racing Carnival. (laughs) All right, thanks, Sean. Don't forget to subscribe to The Standard through our website for all our stories and features. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country, the Gunditjmara people, and the traditional owners of country throughout Australia, and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This has been a Warrnambool Standard production.